Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and check us out on Instagram, instagram.com slash greatdetectives. Our listener support campaign continues, and you can become one of our Patreon supporters for as little as $2 per month at patreon.greatdetectives.net. And as a Patreon supporter, you'll receive a monthly update from me. And you'll also be able to help choose our summer series for the amazing world of radio. You can also support the show on a one-time basis uh, at support.greatdetectives.net. And I want to thank Jerry for supporting the program that way. Well, now it is time for this week's episode of Follow Vance. The original air date, March the 7th of 1950. And the title is The Church Murder Case. Sit down. Sit down, my boy. Thank you, sir. (laughs) Sorry to make you come out to my home with those papers, but I did need them. That's all right, Mr. Church. Yeah, there they are. If you'll sign them, I'll take them back to the office in the morning. (laughs) Very good, Paul. Very good. Nothing like having a conscientious assistant, eh? Thank you. (laughs) Have a smoke, boy. Have one here, right in this box. Oh, thank you. Wait a minute. I'll I'll light it for you. (laughs) There we are. Thank you, sir. I'm glad you came out, Paul. It's kind of lonesome out here in this big house with nobody to talk to except that bodyguard of mine. (laughs) Glad you came out, boy. Oh, thanks. Uh, I can't stay. Hey, what... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you should have seen your face. It's not so funny. You should have seen your face when that thing exploded. <laughs> it was wonderful. Oh, you think so? It's an old gag, but yeah. it still works. <laughs> That's the funniest thing I ever saw. Well, it wasn't to me. I don't think practical jokes are very funny. <laughs> oh, you don't, eh? No. Now, isn't that too bad? Maybe I don't think a lot of things are funny either. Like what's happening to the books in my office. What do you mean, sir? You know what I mean. They've been juggled around. There's been a lot of money taken from my business in the past six months, and I didn't take it. Oh, but Mr. Church, It I... had to be either you or Miss Kraft. But we won't go into that right now. Shake hands, boy, so we'll know there's no hard feelings about that little <laughs> explosion. Yeah. All right, sir. Good night. Good night. Oh, oh, no. what the... <laughs> the hand buzzer always gets him. Oh, yeah? <laughs> well, come over again, Paul. Come over again. and Don't worry about that money you've taken from me. <laughs> I have plenty of time to do something about it. If I decide to...
Can't you stop that typing for a minute, Anne? Why, sure, I suppose so. Why? Well, now what? Anne, something's got to be done about the boss. Mm, sounds like melodrama. Now, please, listen. <laughs> What'll you bet nothing has to be done about the boss? That you and I are normal people, and that outside of the fact that Mr. Church is a little eccentric with his practical jokes, he's pretty normal, too. Look, it, it isn't anything to kid about. Darling, I'm completely serious. Look, you tell me what's wrong with this situation. You and I have good jobs, we're in love. At least you try to convince me that you're in love with me, and I'm quite sure I am with you. So, what's wrong? Mr. Church knows that there's been money disappearing from his safe here in the office. He let me know he can send me to jail any time he likes. Paul, no. That's the way it is, Anne. Now, do you still think nothing has to be done about the boss? Well, do you? Well, I'm not sure. Anne. Anne, darling. Yes, you know how I feel about you. And, and nothing will happen to us, providing something does happen to Mr. Church. Good morning, Miss Deering. Why, Vance, you're in early. Good morning right back at you. I've got some typing to do, and there's nothing in the mail that would interest you. District Attorney Markham called? No, not yet. And Vance. Yes? I'm taking judo lessons. <laughs> what was that? Mm, you know, judo. It's the science of self-defense where the frailest woman can successfully defend herself against the strongest man. <laughs> Said that in the book. The theory being that leverage applied correctly can overcome muscular strength. Well, that's almost exactly <laughs> what the instructor told us last night. Here, let me show you. All right. Now, look, you're a hold-up man. You sneak up and back up. Do you mind me. if I take off my hat first? You're a hold-up man, not a gentleman. Very well, the hat stays on. Now, what do I do? You're a hold-up man, and you're in back of me, but I don't know you're there, you see? Now, come on. Stick him up! Oh, you scared me. <laughs> <laughs> Guess that's the general idea, though, isn't it? <laughs> now, I'm supposed to kick back with my heel and get you in the ankle. Oh, Vance. Yes? I guess I forgot to mention... You're supposed to stand still. <laughs> I'm sorry. What happens if the hold-up man doesn't stand still? Well, I, I guess I'll find that out in my second lesson. <laughs> Eventually, I throw him over my shoulder, though. Not bad, hmm? Not bad, except for the hold-up man. Oh, him. Who cares about him? <laughs> Never mind, Ellen. I'll get it myself. Come to think of it, I must remember to ask my instructor what does happen in case I <laughs> Hello. Vance Markham. Hello, my friend. Any nice, fresh murders at the district attorney's office needing a first-class solution? Not at the moment. Anything doing at your place? Ellen was just trying to throw me over her shoulder. Well, things are pretty... She was trying to do what? She's practicing judo. In case a hold-up man sneaks up in back of her, she wants to be able to defend herself and her worldly possessions, which at the moment consist mainly of a wristwatch. <laughs> How is she doing with her judo? If a hold-up man gets near her tonight when she gets home, somebody'd better tell her the time. <laughs> Not too good, eh? <laughs> Well, Vance, there is a little excitement down here, but nothing of importance, pretty much routine. Do you ever hear of Sidney Church? I think so. Practical joker, very wealthy, semi-retired. That's the man. Mm -hmm. He called to say he suspected his assistant, Paul Wilson, of systematically robbing him. Intends to file a formal complaint soon, he says. Nice of him to warn you. I'll call you later and see how you're fixed for lunch. Good enough. So long, Vance. Goodbye. Vance, I know what I did wrong. I've got a lot, lot of work to do, but as soon as I'm finished, let's uh, try that hold-up thing again. Hmm? <laughs> if you like, Ellen. I'll look forward to being thrown over backwards. Hmm. 
wonderful. Wonderful. It's fabulous. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I, I, I got to try this again. Oh, yes, yes, do, do. Now, all anybody does is sit down on this cushion. Yes, that's right. Like this. <laughs> That's wonderful. <laughs> Will I have fun with this? <laughs> no, I, I, I thought you'd like it, Mr. Church. I, I originated it. Oh, you did? <laughs> well, all I can say is that you're a genius. A oh, genius, Mr. Williams. Mr. I, Church. I, I've never seen anything quite like this. Well, now, I, I bet you never heard anything like it either. You, you really like it? Oh, it's just what I always wanted. Well, splendid, splendid. Now, now, let me see if I know how to operate Oh, it's very simple. Uh, you load it with... Uh, Blank cartridges right here. Yes, that's right. Bottom of the seat. Mm -hmm. And then when uh, somebody sits on it, Boom! <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Williams, that's beats everything. I'm so glad it you like it. It beats the hand buzzer, the itching powder, the, the dribble glass, everything. <laughs> oh, well, you've, you've made me so happy, Mr. Church. I, I want you to know that. I'll keep working on new things for you. I, I've got an idea for a gimmick that... Oh, what, what was that? Whiz, I'm sorry. Oh, for heaven's Whiz, sake. I guess I just can't help being clumsy. What are you doing in here, Terry? Well, I'm your bodyguard, ain't I, gee whiz? I... I heard shots in here, so I took out my gun and came in nice and quiet, only I tripped over the rug and my gun went off. Fine bodyguard. Well, Mr. Oh, um, Terry. Uh, yes, sir, Mr. Church. Come over here a minute, will you? Oh, okay. <laughs> right here next to me. Yes. That's right. Gee whiz, you're not sore at me. <laughs> Imagine, he thinks I'm angry at him, Mr. Williams. <laughs> <laughs> it's a mansion. No, you wouldn't be mad. Sit right down, Terry. Sure. Right there. You, sure, Mr. Church, if you say so. Unshot. Unshot. I'll kill him. <laughs> Terry, you're wonderful. Mr. Williams, you're wonderful. Oh, now, Mr. And this Church. new device of yours, it's wonderful. Oh, thank you, thank you. I haven't had such fun in <laughs> and I won't have as much fun again <laughs> until I send Paul Wilson to prison. <laughs> William's novelty shop. Mr. Williams speaking. All right, this is Church Williams. Oh, uh, yes. That pillar you sold me, eh? The one that fires a blank cartridge when somebody sits on it? Eh? Oh, yes, yes, Mr. Church. Well, it's in my safe now with the rest of my little uh, entertainment devices. <laughs> I see. But I want three more. Oh. I'm uh, going to give a dinner party, and I want three more. Uh, well, 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 when is your party, <laughs> Mr. Church? When? As soon as you have the pillars ready, of course. <laughs> you... Oh, excuse me a minute. Uh, yes, of course. I have company. Well, what are you doing here? No, no. Mr. Church. Mr. Church, Mr. Church. Hello, Ellen. Hi, Mr. Markham. Where's Vance? Oh, come on in. Thank you. The boss is at the barber's. What's up? Uh... That Mr. Church I told him about on the telephone, mm -hmm. the one that was going to have his assistant, Paul Wilson, indicted for grand larceny. Yes, I overheard your conversation. What about Mr. Church? There's very little about him right now. He's dead, been shot. Shot? Somebody came into his house an hour or so ago, killed him, and robbed his safe, which was open. Uh-oh. 
Golly, this church individual was quite a character, wasn't he? He certainly was. Always teasing people with flowers that shoot water and stuff like that. Yes, we know, of course, the church believed Paul Wilson was stealing from him, and Wilson knew the church was in contact with me. There's nothing at the house, however, to indicate who fired the shot into our eccentric friend. Well, Vance will find something. Doesn't he always? Invariably. I'm going down to the barbers to pick him up, and after that, our first stop's going to be Paul Wilson's apartment. Completely logical move, Markham. It would be the first thing I'd do. Wilson is your number one suspect, believe me. I think so, too, Vance. That's the reason I wanted you with me when I came to call on him. Uh, this is his apartment right here, the landlady said. Did you hear that, Markham? Yes. Somebody in this apartment's hurt. We've got to get in there. It wasn't locked. Well, come on in. The light switch, Vance. Should be alongside the door somewhere. Vance! That boy's hurt pretty badly. Is he Wilson? I don't know, probably... Wilson, who shot you? I, uh, well, better get this boy to a hospital. Yes. Better call Markham. Phone's over there. Right. I have an idea about this shooting, though, Vance. It'll hold, won't it, Markham? Yes, I think so. All right, now, Wilson, come on now. It'll be all right. Operator. This is District Attorney Markham. Send an ambulance to apartment 35 at the Dolan Arms right away. I'll take care of it, sir. How is he, Vance? Any sign of being able to talk to us? None that I can see. The bullet went in and out of his shoulder as near as I can make out. I fixed a temporary bandage that ought to hold until the ambulance gets here. Well, this complicates our case, don't you think? Maybe. Only I have a completely different idea. I think Wilson here killed Sidney Church, then came back here to his apartment and tried to commit suicide. By shooting himself in the shoulder? All right, then. He tried to make it look as if he was shot by whoever it was that killed Church. He didn't want us to suspect him, so he rigged this little production. You think that? Certainly. We'll probably find the gun downstairs in the alley where he threw it out the window. I don't care whether he tried to kill himself or whether he tried to make it look as if somebody else was trying to kill him. In either case, he was looking for an out after shooting Sidney Church. He's guilty. That, of course, is very possible, Markham. Uh-huh. It doesn't make me feel a bit better to say this to you, but I don't agree with that at all. <laughs> is District Attorney Markham. The Church murder case opened with the shooting of Sidney Church, wealthy practical joker who had previously reported to me that he suspected an employee, Paul Wilson, of stealing from him. Vance and I found Wilson shot, and although I'm convinced that the wound was self-inflicted, Vance thinks otherwise. Vance and I are in the hospital room now, trying to get the truth out of Wilson. We've kept information about this from the newspapers... All right, Wilson, suppose you tell Vance and me now. Who shot you? I, I can't. I don't know who did it. I never saw him. That doesn't sound very logical. I don't care how it sounds. I was sitting with my back to the door. I, I heard it open. I started to turn around, and before I could see who it was, I was shot, and I must have passed out. There must have been a silencer on the gun. It didn't sound like a shot. In that case, Markham, we'll know if he's telling the truth when the medical examiner gives you his report. The bullet went in the back of the shoulder and out the front. I think we can assume that Wilson couldn't have shot himself. Maybe we can and maybe we can't. It all depends on the angle of the bullet. Mm, that, of course, is true. Wilson. Yeah? You were stealing from Mr. Church. He knew about it. You believed he was about to report you to me. You broke into his house, killed him, and robbed his safe, didn't you? Please, Mr. Martin. 
Leave me alone. My, my shoulder's pretty bad. It hurts. You have been to Mr. Wilson's home. Yes, yes, I have. Not to kill him. Now leave me alone, will you? Let's go, Vance. I won't need a police guard outside this hospital door. Our friend Mr. Wilson feels like talking. He'll let the nurse know and we'll come back. You'll come back, Markham. I doubt whether it will be necessary for me to come here again. How are we supposed to act when we talk to a landlady? I don't know, Ellen. I guarantee one thing. You are not to try to throw her over your shoulder. Promise? Sure. Chances are with my luck that the landlady is taking two judo lessons. You know where I'll wind up. I don't know where, just how. <laughs> well, Ellen, let's see what she can tell us about her tenant, the slightly shut-up Mr. Paul Wilson. Maybe she has an extra apartment she'd like to lease. Markham has his way. She's going to have one. Paul Wilson's. Yeah, what is it? I... If you're selling anything, I don't want any. No. You want to rent an apartment, I ain't got any. If you just want to waste time, I don't have any. How do you do? My name is... Philo Vance. You don't say. Well, I can't use any of that either. What do you two want? We want to know something about Paul Wilson. Paul Wilson? Oh, that's fine. He's in my place two days and gets himself shot. Go see his girlfriend, Ann Craft. She lives right next door. If anybody ought to know anything about him, she should. Uh, you say Paul Wilson only lived here two days when he was shot. That's what I said, ain't it? What's the matter? You hearing bad, dearie? Oh, really? Two days ago, he took the apartment. He and this Craft girl were going to be married, and that's all I know. Good day. Thank you, Mrs. Smith. Ooh. Now, there's a character to try my judo on. You'd better go home and practice, Ellen. I'm going to call on Miss Kraft. Will you call me and let me know what happens? Yes, I will. Well, in that case, don't think it hasn't been charming. <laughs> See you later, Vance. Yes? I'm Philo Vance. May I come in? Well, yes, I suppose so. What is it you want? I want to talk to you about your fiancé, Paul Wilson. <laughs> Don't mention his name to me. I never want to see him again. We had an appointment last night and he never kept it. He hasn't been in his apartment all night. He couldn't very well be. He's in the hospital. Oh, no. He's been shot. What? Where? What hospital? What happened to him? Tell me what happened to Paul. I'll get my hat and coat. Please tell me what happened while I get them. We don't know. Oh. That closet door stuck? I'll help you with no, it. No, no, no. Never mind. I can get it. There. Please, I... Sorry. Mr. Vance, tell me what happened to Paul and where he is. He's in the Baker Hospital. He's not hurt badly. Oh, thank goodness. If you want to know anything, come back some other time. Please, Mr. Vance, not now. I've got to get to Paul. Well, gee whiz, Mr. Wilson, if you say so, okay, but you sure you know what you're doing? Of course I know, Terry. And you and I have to stick together, don't we? Yeah, we... We both used to work for Mr. Church, didn't we? Yeah, we worked for Mr. Church. Hand me that glass of water, will you? Yeah, sure, sure. Here we are. Gee whiz, I'm sorry. Oh, what did you do now? Oh, I guess I'm just clumsy. That, that's why I decided to be a bodyguard. Nobody cares how clumsy a bodyguard is. Yeah, yeah. Look, uh, Mr. Wilson, do you know what you're doing? Of course I Well, do. I mean, after all, you were shot and everything, and you could be a little touched, you know. I'm not. I'm not. Now, take this money... That's all I have, $1,000. $1,000? I kept it under my pillow for safekeeping. I'm glad now that I did. Take it, Terry, it's yours. Well, gee whiz, okay. You know, I, I couldn't figure out what you wanted when you called me on the telephone, but gee whiz, if it was to give me a grand call again, will you, Mr. Wilson? Yeah, yeah. now you 
understand what you're supposed to do. Oh, sure, sure. Just not say nothing about seeing nobody around the house just before Mr. Church was killed. That's right. You can trust me, Mr. Wilson. Well, so long, I've got to get... What's the matter with you? I think I knocked over the thermometer. Yeah. You see what I told you? I can't have oh. it. Oh, oh, what happened to you? Anne, who told you I was here? The district attorney wouldn't let anybody know, and I didn't, I didn't call you because I didn't, I didn't want to worry. Oh, never mind that. How do you feel? I, I'll live. All right, Terry, that's all. Oh, who's he? Uh, nobody. So long, Terry. Oh, yeah. Gee whiz, yeah. So long. Uh, g- goodbye, miss. N- nice to have met you. Uh, some other time, maybe. Oh, Paul. Paul, what's happened? No, Anne. First, Mr. Church was killed, and then nobody could find you. I know, I know. Well, what is all this? It's what you and I decided, isn't it, Anne? Well, I... If nothing was going to happen to us, something had to happen to Mr. Church, didn't it? Look, I don't care if your name is Philo Vance or anything else. Nobody can come in here and talk tough to me. Terry, I want to know where you got the money to buy those new clothes. Now, tell me. I found it. Now, get out of here before I throw you out. Terry, listen to me. You were Mr. Church's bodyguard. You decided I guess that... you want me to throw you out of here. Well, you ready to get tossed up? Hardly. Okay, you had your chance. Now see how you like this. Oh, Not you... very much. Now it's your... Look Gee whiz, I... I ain't even a very good as a bodyguard for myself. Yeah, let me help you up. All right, come on. There we are. Now, look, Terry. I came here to talk to you. I found you with an armful of new clothes and a lot of money lying around. Almost $600 I got left. From what? Well, from the thousand that Paul Wilson gave me, so I shouldn't say I saw nobody around the joint when Mr. Church got killed. It was all the dough he had, too. (laughs) Kind of stupid it was. Stupid? Why? Well, because what could I tell anybody? I didn't see nobody around the house, not a soul. As far as I know, Mr. Church could have dropped dead. And you know, Mr. Vance, from what people say with his practical jokes and all, that wouldn't have been such a bad idea. This safe here in the church house interests you, Vance? Very much, Markham. That's why I asked your permission to see it. If it's not locked, go ahead and open it if you want. It contains a lot of the tricks church used to like to play on people. Also, a lot of money. As we understand it, there was a lot of money, but not when we found it. Whoever killed Church took that. Or are you going to dispute that point, too? No, I'm inclined to agree with it. Good. Hmm. What's this? Supreme itching powder. <laughs> Is that funny? Not to me. Nor those dribble glasses, either. Nor that handshake buzzer over there. <laughs> Church wasn't murdered. He just gimmicked himself to death. What? Oh, don't take me seriously, Markham. What would you say this was? Uh, that's the tin box where Church kept his money. Really? I... <coughs> Bless you. Thank you. Apparently, our dead friend used sneezing powder in his lighter moments. Yes. Hilarious hobby, don't you think? I'm not thinking anything except that you asked me not to arrest Paul Wilson. And we haven't found any other suspect to take his place. You mean you want to know who killed Sidney Church? I most definitely do. I can tell you that. Good. I can also tell you where to find the rest of the money that was here. I think... After you send Sergeant Heath to pick up Wilson's girlfriend, Anne Kraft, for murder.
Write down everything that goes on in here, Ellen, please. Leave it to me, Vance. I'll do it. Good. Go ahead, Paul. You were talking to Miss Kraft. All I wanted to know is why she did it. Why did you do it, Anne? You think I wanted to go to jail for stealing from the company? But you wouldn't have gone to jail, Anna. I was protecting you. And doing quite a good job of it, too, Miss Kraft, if I may say so. Who cares what you say, Vance? This stupid guy tried to spoil everything. You shot him, didn't you? Sure. I'll tell you everything now. You, you found the money I took from Church's apartment in my closet. What's the good of holding out? Yeah, I killed Church. And I... I shot Paul. I, I knew you'd shot me, Anne, but I, I still loved you. I still wouldn't have told. Told what? That it was I who was stealing from the office. Church figured it was Paul. I think my boyfriend would have taken the rap for me, but... I didn't want it that way. I saw how I could get rid of him, grab myself some money, and be in the clear. You... you really wanted to kill me then? Sure. What are your bargain? Oh, and you poor kid. I meant to kill you in your room, put the gun in your hand, and make it look like suicide. When I didn't want you to see me, when you started to turn around, I... I shot. How was I to know you were so in love with me you'd never talk? I... I, I told you that, didn't I? Yeah, you told me. Guys say a lot of things. But I meant that. Look, Vance... How did you know I did it? If you really want to know why I knew you were the killer, we've got to go back to your apartment. For what? To look in your closet, where the police found the money from Church's safe. Once I knew you'd taken it, I knew you were the murderer. All right, but how did you know? I'm entitled to know that. Church kept sneezing powder in the box where he kept his money. When you opened your closet door yesterday to get your coat, remember, you sneezed. So that's what it was. That's what it was. When I saw Church's safe later, did a little sneezing myself when the powder got into my nostrils, I realized what must have made you sneeze. It was the money that had been lying in the safe next to the sneezing powder which you had hidden in your closet. <laughs> Fine thing. Old man Church still playing practical jokes after he's dead. I think maybe I'm going to have the last laugh. I think I can make a break for it right Ellen, now. Ellen, stop her. You're nearest the door. Where do you think you're Let going? Let me alone. Oh, oh look, Vance, I did it. I did it with my little Juno. Look, look at her lying on the floor. I must have knocked the wind out of her. Oh, you most certainly did, Ellen. Well, I did. I guess it's time we turned this young lady over to Mr. Markham. I don't think she knew what she was getting herself into when she started stealing from her employer in the beginning. All I know is that we're at the end of the church murder case. Welcome back. 
Well, this episode definitely has a view on practical jokers. Not as people who are jolly, but people who are obnoxious and even cruel. Nevertheless, despite this obvious view of the writers, he gets the last laugh, as one of his pranks ultimately leads to the reveal of his murderer. And I have to say that... Using sneezing powder to protect your money is a very unique tactic. That certainly was enough to oil the, any amateur thieves in his office. Though it's ironic because as much money as he had, that was nothing to sneeze at. But, uh, pun aside, there might be some experts in how sneezing powder works that might uh, want to chime in as to whether the sneezing powder would be effective. I'm just kind of going with it. Although we were kind of reminded of the uh, research issues that they can have on this show because I'm kind of dubious that Ellen would be into throwing people uh, after her first judo lesson. Because generally, the martial arts don't start off with that sort of lesson. Usually, doing more foundational stuff in early lessons. Markham's big jump here to pin the murder onto the male clerk calls to mind the Holmesian axiom. It's a capital mistake to theorize before one has data. Insensibly, one begins to twist facts to suit theories instead of theories to suit facts. And you felt that with Markham reaching the conclusion that the gunshot wound was self-inflicted, either as a way of committing suicide or throwing police off the trail. And Markham even guessed that they would find specific evidence to support his conclusion. And Vance seemed to be taken aback a little bit. He was like, uh suicide by shooting himself in the shoulder. Well, at any rate, now we turn to listener comments and feedback. Ronser wrote in regarding the Michael Piper detective episode, Canada Dry, still around. Uh, Canada Dry, the sponsor of, of that series, but mostly known for ginger ale. There was a bottling plant just off the Garden State Parkway with a giant Canada Dry bottle probably a water tower. Later, the plant was purchased by Paps Blue Ribbon, and you guessed it, the bottle changed from soda to beer. Uh, well, thanks so much. Uh, yeah, a good uh, local insight, and I enjoy a nice Canada Dry Diet ginger ale, although I don't indulge in it all that often, mainly because the price of soft drinks has gone up so much, so... And I'm too cheap to buy it near as often as I used to. Then we have a comment from Pete who writes, I've been listening to various broadcasts for a while now. I notice you take complaints about your commentary in the show ads. These are totally unfair. You've got a natural delivery and keen insight that I always enjoy. Also, the ads of defunct uh, sponsors like Rexall or... Petri Wines are all part of the old-time radio experience. Keep up the good work and don't get discouraged. Well, thank you so much, Pete. I appreciate the encouragement. I've been recording for so many years, and I like to think that 
over the years that we've been doing this that I've gotten better at dealing with uh, constructive criticism and at weeding out the destructive sort of criticism. I long ago stopped reading like absolute hateful comments with no redeeming value because I realized that wasn't the type of thing I wanted to focus on on the podcast. And thankfully, these sort of comments are few and far between, and they're not anything extraordinary or overwhelming. It just tends to be the typical thing. If you create anything online, you're going to get People who will just be nasty. And I've gotten to the point where most of the time it doesn't bother me much. Uh, Though sometimes, you know, if you're having a really bad day already, then you just get that hate message and it just makes your day a little worse. At those times, it is really helpful to be able to call to mind all of the great uh, supportive comments that uh, we've gotten from so many uh, great listeners. And so I really do appreciate your encouragement. It is such a blessing. Now, one thing I do want to mention here, because you mentioned Rexall being a defunct brand, and I I was kind of confused by that, because I remember buying something with a Rexall brand name, you know, in the last year. And so I looked into it, and it's a little bit of a confusing situation. To borrow a bit from The Princess Bride, Rexall is not dead, but it is mostly dead. In the United States, anyway. If you're one of our Canadian listeners, you're like, I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Because there are a lot of Rexall drugstores in Canada. It's run by a separate company, and it's a fairly significant concern. In the United States, there were more than 12,000 independent Rexall drugstores in operation. And they also manufactured and sold their own brand of drugs and medical supplies. Now, the chain of stores as a chain is no more. There's no corporate office. There's nothing in place. There's no affiliation of Rexall pharmacies. But there is the brand of medical supplies. And the Rexall brand for medical supplies was acquired through Dollar General. Now, I have to admit, I'm a little vague how anything owned by Dollar General would have come to Boise. Because the only Dollar General in the state is eight hours away. But somehow, Dollar General's Rexall supplies made it to Boise. And I have to say that I've listened to a lot of Rexall-sponsored programs. You know, Richard Diamond uh, over NBC was sponsored by Rexall. And I love Jimmy Durante, and Rexall also sponsored Durante. And I'd had a Rexall pharmacy in a small town I spent my teen years in. And I saw all of these Rexall medical supplies and found myself strongly drawn to them, even though I had no immediate need for them whatsoever. It's like, I know I don't need it, but it's uh, labeled Rexall. So those radio ads were really effective. So Rexall's around in that way. It's also around in another way, in a way that's kind of vanishing. And that is that even though the chain is defunct, you will still have pharmacies out there 
that will have their the name of the pharmacy as still a Rexall pharmacy. You know, the if it was called Bob's Rexall Pharmacy for decades and decades and decades, why go and change all of your business cards, your signs, your decor? Why not instead just keep doing what you're doing? There's no one charging you for doing it, and you're still the same pharmacy you've always been. I had listeners actually send me pictures, you know, when they were out and about or traveling, they would come across Rexall pharmacies. Now, it does seem like that there are a decreasing number, but I was able to find at least one that still is using the Rexall branding. So Rexall, a mostly dead brand, but through the Dollar General, that part that's not quite dead is kind of interesting. Thank you once again for your email. Now it's time to thank our Patreon supporter of the day. And I want to go ahead and thank Stuart. Stuart's been one of our Patreon supporters since November of last year, currently supporting us at the Shamus level of $4 or more per month. Thank you so much for your support, Stuart. A reminder, join us back here tomorrow for a very special announcement. And that will do it for today. If you are enjoying this podcast, you can follow us using your favorite podcast software to make sure you never miss an episode. And I do encourage you to rate and review the podcast wherever you download it from. Join us back here next Thursday for another episode of Philo Vance. But coming up tomorrow, listen to yours truly, Johnny Dollar, where... I was getting nowhere the way things were. Half an hour later, as I was starting out of my room to go pick her up, my phone rang. It was a long-distance call from the States. Fred Wilkins at Northeastern Fidelity, Johnny. Hi, Fred. Well, how's the fishing down there? Fishing? A matter of fact, it hasn't been so good so far, Fred. Ah, that's too bad, but I'll bet the swimming is all right, huh? Whoa there, what's eating you? I didn't send you down there for a vacation. Well, you got a great sense of humor. You should see this place vacation. Then what have you been doing down there? Well, what do you think I've been doing? I've been looking for whoever it was that telephoned you and said he had information on Alvin Summers. You couldn't have been looking very hard. He called me again this morning. He what? That's right. He wondered if I'd sent anyone down there yet. Hey, look, Fred, this guy is not easy to find, believe me. And I think I know why. Obviously, somebody doesn't want him to talk, and that somebody could be Alvin Summers, about one jump behind him. I hope you'll be with us then. In the meantime, do send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives, and check us out on Instagram. Instagram.com slash greatdetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.